for us, we don't see the team as the people that work with us directly uh, as our employees, but also the partners that we have around the world. The way we scale up is really through partnership. And I think partnership is extremely important uh, in this day and age because it's important to know that you cannot do everything by yourself. Yes, I think, um, you know, I think the first thing is that it's important to create a people-first culture. You know, when, when teams get bigger and more remote, it's important to create this culture of inclusiveness and one where you know, voices can be heard no matter where you are in the, in the world. As the company is growing, it's very natural um, to you know, chase multiple different skirts, right? Uh, because every one of them look attractive and look to be the future of your company, right? So focus is very important. You know, I think as the company grew, we really identified that it's more important you know, to keep a small set of customers happy I say it's more important to keep 100 customers happy than to keep and then to make 1,000 customers somewhat happy. Alright, welcome to another episode of Your Great Story Podcast. Today we have a true blue hustler, CEO and co-founder of Igloo Company, Anthony Chow. Hi Anthony, welcome to the show. Hi Rick, thanks for having me on the show. Alright Anthony, um... First of all, you are my number eight guest, right? This is the eighth episode. So, uh, do you know what that means? Lucky number. Lucky number, what? Uh? Okay. So, uh, also congrats on um, on um, recently you are one of the honorary for thirty five under thirty five. So, congrats to that, right? For building the startup ecosystem. And I think a lot of people in the startup scene know know you, right? Because you are super active, right? Um, but a lot of people might not know you, right? Because they are probably new in the in the scene. So, probably you want to start with some introduction of yourself. Sure. Um, yeah, so hi everyone. My name is Anthony. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Igloo Company. Um, started the company about six years back, um, back in end of 2015, when I, uh, you know, at the point in time, I was working in Singtel as a data scientist and I was doing an Airbnb uh, at the site. Lah. So at the point in time, Airbnb was still kind of grey, right, in Singapore. Um, and I realized that you know, running an Airbnb room uh, was actually quite profitable. And in fact, I think we have like more than 50% margins you know, running that, that, that property. And me and my partner, we were thinking about how can we scale it up and make some more money from it. Uh. And we identified that one of the biggest challenge uh, as an Airbnb host in managing Airbnb property is that you know, uh, it's very difficult to pass keys to your guests. Uh, and sometimes you know, the guests might even forget to return the keys back to you and changing the lockout every time we need to uh, invite a new guest to your property. It's, it's a pain. Uh. And we realized that, you know, at the point in time, there were about 3 million Airbnb hosts around the world that probably faced the same challenge as us. And so we felt that this was a huge business opportunity. Um, and it makes sense for us to dive into it. So when we first started, our value proposition that we were creating was really around helping Airbnb hosts, you know, have a much more convenient and much more easier way to manage their properties and scale up their properties. And so we released a smart Airbnb management system that includes a smart lock that we designed together with an integrated solution with Airbnb that helps an Airbnb host automate their check-ins completely. We launched our first product in 2016 uh, after several months of testing, you know, and also trials with some of the uh, early customers. And so since then, you know, we have been in the market for about five years. Uh, we've grown from just being in Singapore to now in over 100 countries around the world with more than 100 distribution partners. Um, but we started with Airbnb, we expanded to multiple other verticals. 
you know, from the vacation rental market to property management to infrastructure management. Um, and we launched a new brand called Igooworks along the way, which is much more focused on the enterprise space. So today, uh, the company is called Igoo Company. We have two brands under us. One is Igoo Home, which is more for the Airbnb and the consumer market. And we have Igoo Works that's focused more on the enterprise space, uh, delivering access solutions for uh, smart cities applications. Yeah, so there's a very short summary, Eric. Right, right, right. Thanks, thanks, Anthony. Um, just maybe just bring us through um, five to 10 or 15 years uh, ago, right? Uh, how, how did this whole journey start? You know, how did that startup bug, um, you know, start living in your body, right, in your brain? Uh, I think, I, I suppose for me, I've always, you know, enjoyed creating things. And, you know, I think I've always have the thinker bug in me and I like to make things up. So back in, back in school, when I was in uh, high school, uh, I, I, I basically created a cyber gaming and design club back in my high school together with my friend. And that was probably my first uh, brush with entrepreneurship where we had to raise some funds from the principal so that we can buy computers and put a club together. And we have uh, quite a number of very active you know, members that, that participated in the club. And from then, you know, I really enjoyed uh, you know, putting things together and you know, seeing, you know, create, making people's lives happier. Um, and so you know, when, I was in, when I was in Stanford University, when I was there, um, I was also, you know, start, I, I, essentially when I was there, I started this um, platform as well that connected, uh, you know, people who are interested in alternative form of travel to, you know, uh, alternative, essentially it was a, it was a rural tourism platform that, uh, that was designed, it's like Airbnb for rural tourism. But the whole premise behind it was how can we create, how can we bring impact to the underserved, you know, in some of the villages in Southeast Asia at the same time while delivering, you know, a nice unique experience for, you know, new millennial travelers who want a different form of experience. Um, but I think along the way, you know, I, I really find, you know, creating solutions and creating uh, you know, sustainable and long-term uh, impact to you know, the, the, the environment, something that, is, uh, uh, that I'm passionate about. And so when this opportunity came about with Igu Company, um, then I realized that I could potentially design a solution that could impact 3 million Airbnb hosts around the world and potentially even more. Uh, you know, I really jumped onto it and started the company. Right, right. I think that is the uh, whole lot of grit in you and passion, right? And perseverance, right? To really kind of uh, bring this through. Um, mm. Let's let's kind of just mention about rebranding, right? From, I mean, Igloo Home and then there's Igloo Oops Vertical and today there's Igloo Company. Um, tell us more about that. You know, how did that whole rebranding go, right? Why and uh, how? Yeah. Sure, yeah. So when we first started, uh, our company name was called Igloo Home. And I think a lot of people probably also know us by Igloo Home at this point in time. So when we started Igloo Home, it was very uh, focused on, you know, one customer segment, which was the Airbnb host, um, designing solutions to help the Airbnb hosts manage their properties in a much more easy and convenient manner. Um, and as we scale up from 2016 all the way to 2018, uh, we were going, you know, to different geographies and regions around the world because Airbnb as a company is a global one. Um, and, you know, the vacation rental market, which, you know, Airbnb is part of, is also a global one. So we started identifying distribution partners from US, Europe, you know, North Asia, South, Southeast Asia, and we grew to about 30, 40 distributors over the, the next two years, all the way into 2018. And as we work with our distribution partners, getting to the market, uh, we, we, you know, we work very closely with them and we get a lot of feedback from them from the ground because our team is small, right? You know, at the point in time, maybe 30, 40 people, um, you know, 
how do we continuously iterate the product and deliver exceptional value to our customers, which are the IBM hosts and the vacation rental hosts around the world. Um, you know, we, we rely on a lot of feedback from our distribution partners around the world. Um, so in 2019, you know, uh, we, we, we got, uh, as we're thinking about scaling up and expanding to multiple adjacent verticals, all this information that came back from our distribution partners who have been with us for about one or two years at the point in time, really helped us identify which is the next big, big opportunity for the company to go into. Um, and, you know, some of the biggest things that came through to us is really, uh, you know, asking us whether we will consider expanding our solutions into much more enterprise um, solutions, such as, you know, delivering products to help cities become smarter, uh, working with telco companies, utility companies, or even, uh, you know, oil and gas industry. So these are clients that have been reaching out to our distribution partners to ask them for such solutions when they saw our product. And so in 2019, we made a strategic move to say that we are going to be opening up a new vertical called Igloo Works, where Igloo Home will be focusing on smarter homes and Igloo Works will be focused on smarter de design solutions for smart cities. Um, and, and so Igloo Works was born, you know, at, at the end of 2019 after, and we launched it at this conference, which we organized called the Singapore Smart City Summit, which was a ground up initiative from the company where we invited over 300 you know, smart cities, practitioners uh, to come to Singapore from all around the world. I think we had over 20 countries uh, participating. Uh, so we launched Igloo Works to, 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 to this audience and I think it was a successful launch. And so from then we realized that, you know, uh, it's difficult for us to hold two brands uh, as, you know, as a company. We need a parent brand uh, to, to house these brands together. And so we came up with the idea of calling ourselves Igloo Company um, and where Igloo Home was our B2C brand and Igloo Works is our B2B brand. Um, and this also allows us to continuously line up multiple, uh, you know, brands and products and services and offerings that we can uh, potentially offer to our customers around the world as, as the company grows. Yep. Right, right, right. Um, thanks for, you know, uh, sharing about what Igloo Company is, right, and how, how it kind of evolves uh, from Igloo Home and with Igloo Works Vertigo and Igloo Company, right? Um, so you have started this company about uh, four or five years, right? So, and you roll out more than 100,000 products to more than 100 countries within five years, right? So how on earth did you do that? And how on earth did the, the team do that together? Yeah, yeah I think the, the important thing, like you said, right, is the team, right? And uh, for us, we don't see the team as the people that work with us, directly uh, as our employees, but also the partners that we have around the world. Um, as I alluded to just now, you know, in one of the comments, right? Basically, the way we scale up is really through partnership. And I think partnership is extremely important uh, in this day and age because it's important to know that you cannot do everything by yourself. Um, you have the skill sets and the, you know, the focus for us is designing great products and our distribution partners are the ones that bring the product to market and sell within their local uh, region. So um, the way we do it is that we treat all these distribution partners as the extended arm of our Eagle company family, um, you know, to the extent that we have them part of the product development process, we get a lot of important feedback from them from the local market. Uh, and on our side, we are very open and transparent with them. We celebrate wins with them. And when there's issues, we also openly discuss this with them. Um, in fact, some of these partners have equity in our company. We invite them to take a stake in our parent company. So we have a lot more tighter alignment of interest so that if, we succeed, they succeed, and we all, it's a win-win partnership. 
which is I think is extremely important to to foster. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, I think that 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 is extremely important. Like, I mean, because because uh, we are not able to travel, and I think it's even more important in this day and age during the pandemic, uh, lockdown, where you know not being able to travel as as frequently and fluidly as before, uh, means that you need to rely on good partners in the local market to help you scale and expand. Yeah. Right, right. And talking about scaling and expanding, uh, we know Eagle Company is a ecosystem product, right? Uh, with software and hardware solutions. Um, can, could you share with us um, how important is that whole software element uh, in the whole ecosystem? Hmm. That is, uh, I think, a very good point. Um, I think right now as we design our solutions, we always have the entire uh, solution in mind. So it's not just the hardware by itself or the software by itself. Uh, you know, a great example from the when we first started was you know, designing solutions for Airbnb host. And the whole software piece of it was really how do we you know, uh, enable the entire workflow of property management and access control for the vacation rental host uh, to be much more seamless. So we did you know, partnerships with companies like Airbnb, you know, uh, even uh, some of these local Airbnb management companies where we integrated our backend system to their workflow and their property management software. So that as a Airbnb property owner, what you do is you buy our hardware and then you are able to integrate straight into, you know, your vacation rental software. And from the software itself, you are able to now automate your entire checking solution, not just for your guests, but also for your housekeepers and your turnover staff. So I think the software integration is, uh, you know, uh, I think because today, you know, everything is all around solutioning um, and by connecting integration with all these large scale software platforms, uh, I think it enables us to scale, um, but also deliver the value that our customers require. Yeah. So I think the way we think about software is across, you know, uh, three different big verticals. The first one is that we offer APIs and SDKs under the Igloo Developer Portal uh, for third-party solution providers to integrate, you know, our product into their platform so that they can manage access control uh, of our products from their platform itself. Um, the second one is really what we call our Igloo Works dashboard, where it's out-of-the-box software solution where enterprise customers can use it um, and, you know, do multiple access control uh, needs, you know, such as um, setting up the access control, or roles delegation or analytics report so that they know who's coming and going, especially important during this COVID period. Uh, so you can have contact tracing or you know uh, go contactless. And the third piece of software that we bring to the market really is you know pre-built integrations that we have done in a, in a marketplace in what we call the Eagle Connect platform. So these are pre-built integrations that we have uh, put together uh, for many many different uh, services. Um, such as, you know, if you're talking about elderly healthcare or, you know, pet sitter, dog walking, or even Airbnb uh, and so on and so forth. So that as a, as a customer of Eagle Company, you can buy our lock and you can, you know, find one of these integrations and connect uh, to your favorite service. And now you have a full, uh, you know, kind of experience, right, around, around access. It's great to hear that you have uh, a whole suite of software solutions and integrations and connections, right? I think that's how kind of you know products kind of scale up, um, and recently I saw that you are also kind of propelling growth globally, right? And you're setting up uh, the US office. Um, tell us more about that, right? Tell us more about your plans um, to sell one million devices in US and your entry to the market. That's right. Yes. 
So um, I think the U.S. market and the developed markets in general uh, are growing very well for us. So uh, especially during the pandemic, uh, you know, a lot of businesses were shut. Um, but, you know, but many, or basically there were a lot of lockdowns uh, in multiple cities and countries around the world. But many businesses still need to continue to run their operations. Mm-hmm. And to run their operations, what it means is that they need to be able to pass the physical key to someone to do, to do maintenance of warehouses or certain operations rooms. Or, you know, or if, if you're property management, you need to pass a physical key to your realtor to, you know, to, to show, a, show a prospective tenant to visit the, the house or your housekeeping staff. So all these operations of passing physical keys have been severely impeded. Uh, due to the you know the force of the pandemic, and it, it causes a lot of constraints on operations. So many of them started looking for contactless solutions, and they were looking for contactless solutions that have you know open kind of uh, the partnerships kind of capabilities, especially on the software that we dis- that we discussed about just now. Um, and 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 we really find you know this opportunity growing very quickly, especially in the in the developed markets, especially in the U.S. and Europe. Now, U.S. market um, grew over 2.5 times over the past 18 months and is anticipating to grow another two times over the next 12 months. And we saw the number of enterprise customers coming to us is going to grow by almost two to three times as well, you know, inbound uh, requests for the solutions that we provide. Um, and so we, we, we realized, you know, that as we were looking at this trend around the world, especially in the developed markets across the U.S. and Europe, uh, it's important for us to have direct presence in the market so that we are able to be very close to our customers and we are able to serve them best, right? And deliver exceptional value to them. So during so as, as we thought through this, we felt that the best way to do this was actually to set up our local office within the markets. Um, and that was what we did a couple of months ago where we now have a team of five in the US um, from our general manager to our regional sales, to our deployment, to our marketing folks. Um, and they have a huge and ambitious target to get to 1 million devices in the U.S. over the next three years. And right now, we do have a huge pipeline uh, and of, of enterprise customers and that we are very bullish about the market, uh, not just in U.S., but you know, in developed markets in general. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Congrats on your office, office opening in U.S., right? Uh, and I know that you have over 100 employees with uh, 13, if not wrong, 13 regional offices, right? So uh, we've... Everybody kind of everywhere, right? Could you advise what is the best way to bring the team together in such a setting? Yes, I think, um, you know, I think the first thing is that it's important to create a people-first culture. You know, when when teams get bigger and more remote, it's important to create this culture of inclusiveness and one where, you know, voices can be heard no matter where you are in the in the world. Um, you know, management, it's important for management to be open and transparent in all our sharings, whether you know it is celebrating wins or failures or talking about issues that we face as a company, I think it shows accountability. It shows that you know we are all working together as a team, and by doing you know this uh, two-way transparent conversations, it allows people to be more bonded, closer together. I think uh, and ensures buy-in, uh, you know, to the vision, and ensures that people work together uh, closer. I think this is extremely important, and it's not just you know, I think top-down is, uh, is one, but it's also about everyone having this kind of mindset that we all are working together as a team, you know, one team, one dream, right? I think that's, that's very important. Um, and I think to foster this kind of uh, concept, 
uh, as a company, we do many team activities. Uh, Eagle Week is one that we do once a quarter, where it's uh, essentially a week where we bring all the different stakeholders uh, or essentially the whole team together, where different departments will share the what did they do well, you know, what are things that they would like to see more and what do they need help from other departments. And everyone comes together to celebrate uh, wins together and talk about some of the issues that we face together uh, openly. Um, we extend this beyond just uh, the team itself, where once a year we run EgoCon, which is our distributor conference or partner conference, where we also you know, invite all our distribution partners all around the world together on the same platform. Before COVID, you'll be physically together, but now during COVID, it's largely online. We're hoping to go into a hybrid mode next year, uh, where once again, we bring everyone together to see the vision and discuss about it and, and you know, uh, celebrate wins together. Yeah. I think, I think by, by having everyone realize that uh, it's not the one-man show, it's really everyone working together. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really something that we continuously drive uh, the, the, such a culture forward. Mm. Mm, mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing on, on Igloo Week and also Igloo Con, right? It kind of uh, brings people together. And I believe you're also kind of skilling up your team, right? Hiring a few uh, a handful of positions. So what are you looking for um, in new employees or new hires, right? Uh, new people coming in, right? So what, are you, what, what kind of characteristic or kind of character you uh, look, look for in them? Yeah, um, this is actually uh, very important as, as the company is growing, right? You want to bring the right people in to take on the right job and someone who can not just fit the culture, but value it to the culture uh, of the company. So we evaluate for both aptitude, uh, which is basically the ability to learn something quick, uh, and attitude of someone who is respectful, professional within the organization. Uh, I, think it's, I think the three traits that I really look out for is someone who is humble, smart, and hungry. Right? It doesn't really work if you only have two and not the, the last one. If you are humble and smart but not hungry, you will not push yourself, you will not push the people around you, and you just be happy with the status quo. Right? If you are humble and hungry but not smart, you know, you might end up doing the wrong direction and it's, it's, uh, it's not the right, right path, lah, right? Uh, and the worst is if you are hungry and smart but not humble, you can be destructive to the culture with your ego that you, you bring with you. Lah. So I think we, we try to evaluate for all three. Uh, it's not easy, especially when you go through interviews just a couple of hours. Um, of course, internally within the company, we have core values as well. Uh, you know, but uh, the important thing here is to not just evaluate for culture fit, but uh, culture add. To the company, so that everyone who brings that we bring into the company continuously helps to build a, build on the foundation that everyone here has put together, and as a company, we can we can improve that. Yeah. Nice, nice. H H S, huh? Is it H H S? Three Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, we we're kind of wrapping up. Um, just uh, pass uh, last last few questions, right? Um, mm -hmm. could you share with us what are the struggles of a growing startup, right? Uh, what are the pains of scaling up? Sure. Um, I think as the company is growing, it's very natural um, to you know chase multiple different skirts, right? Uh, because every one of them look attractive and look to be the future of your company, right? So focus is very important. Uh, I think internally we we have struggles in trying to identify that one direction that we we continuously uh, double down towards. Um, I mean, internally, at one point, we were stretched too thin, especially when we launched our enterprise segment, where there were 10, you know, very attractive opportunities in front of us. 
And right now we are in the process of scaling back down to two or even one. You know, I think as the company grew, we really identified that it's more important, you know, to keep a small set of customers happy. Like I say it's more important to keep 100 customers happy than to keep and then to make 1,000 customers somewhat happy, right? Uh, you Your resources get stretched too thin. You will never be able to satisfy all of them at the same time. And, you know, uh, it's really so much better to keep a small set of customers happy. And these customers will become the strong advocates of the brand um, and enable you to, you know, scale much faster from there. Um, I think this is something that as a company, we continuous to, continuously uh, work towards. Uh, and I don't think this is just unique to us. And it's something that we got to be, keep top of mind, you know, always. Okay. Yeah, cool. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. for sharing. So uh, could you share with us what are the, what are the three important skill sets? Uh, of a CEO, of a co-founder of a startup? I think um, in the role as a CEO, um, you are the bottleneck to the growth of the company because, um, you know, it's your job to make that few high quality decisions um, so that everyone falls behind it and, you know, the company can can grow. And the longer you take to make high quality decisions, uh, the more people suffer and the lower the quality of decisions uh, everyone suffers as well. Right? So I think it's important to be able to listen uh, and assimilate information as quick as possible and act decisively, you know, given the, the information that, that, that you have on hand. So I think the three points that, that I will say is, you know, the first one is really, uh, you know, act quick uh, with and, and listen and, you know, basically get the information together in a quick uh, fashion. Because uh, on any given day, you are faced with a deluge of information, right? And decisions that you're going to make. And many times with limited amount of information. Um, so you, you have to be able to, in a, a short amount of time, uh, gather the best information that you can get from the right information source, whether it's either in, within the company or outside the company, and make the decisions and stick with it, right? Um, so that there is a decision that everyone can fall behind. I think the second point I'll say is to continuously seek for talent uh, and build a high-performing team within a good company culture. Uh, empower the right people in the right role. It's easier said than done, but if you have the right people in the right role, uh, you know things flow a lot faster. La. You know your job becomes a bit easier. And the final point, which is a bit more mundane, la, but really is being able to continuously deliver reliably with consistency and over deliver if possible, right? And it's important to deliver over deliver because this continuity keeps the confidence in your capability as a leader and so that the team have faith in you and you can continue to, to drive towards your, your vision. Mm. I think these are the three points that I'll, I'll, I'll share. Yeah, thanks. Thanks thanks for sharing. Uh, you know, because we have also founders listening in as well. So these are good uh, tips for them. And um, I mean, I, I, I believe a lot in mentorship, right? Um, yeah. And I believe you have mentors as well. So if you have a mentor uh, you'd like to kind of appreciate in this podcast, uh, who will be, be, be and, and, and why? Uh, probably I'll just call up some um, advice that uh, he or she has uh, given you as well. Um, I think there are many mentors that have really helped me. I mean, first of all, I think it's important to have a coach um, because you, know, uh, it's, it's, you, you will never be able to know everything. And as you are stuck in the rut of the, the grit and the grind, right? Uh, you many times will have your own blind spot uh, and you need someone to be there to help you identify and point it out for you. Sometimes it's very obvious. It's just that you, you don't see it. 
Um, and when you talk about it, it becomes something that you realize that you have to act on it uh, and as quick as possible. Um, we have, I have many coaches along the way, both within the company and also externally. Uh, but you know, some of them are investors, shareholders as well. And uh, today, I mean, my personal coach uh, or career coach right now is this uh, gentleman called Dane Hudson. So Dane has many, many years of experience, uh, is experienced CEO. And, you know, most recently he was running a company with 300,000 people. Um, and, you know, when, when I, whenever I speak with him and I bounce ideas off him, um, he's able to identify and catch uh, issues very quickly, you know, three steps ahead of me. And uh, I think it's important that uh, you have, you know, people like Dane or, you know, other, other coaches, um, we review uh, along your journey um, so that you are able to quickly pivot if required. Um, and continuously learn as quick as you can so that your other team also benefits from, from the decisions that you make. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, I mean, down the road, I hope that uh, you will be the Dane for people out there, right? For early founders, right? Those uh, maybe fresh grads who are coming, you want to start a company, you'll be the Dane for them. Huh? Yeah. Sure, sure. I think, I think even like uh, you running this program is also very helpful, right? So that you're accumulating all the different insights from different people who are on the ground uh, and and you know i think sharing sharing this information widely is is, is very admirable and i congratulate you for this program <laughs> yeah. it's actually for you guys for, for the founders uh, more than myself right i think it's also in, you guys inspires me a lot uh with your stories um and uh, learnings as well right um we kind of come to the end of the episode right uh and those who would like to join the team right the eco company team right uh, how do they approach you how do they apply for the job yeah, just drop me a note at anthony at igucompany.co and then I will definitely respond to it for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Okay. Now okay. we know. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on WeChat. Um, yeah. So any, any, any channels, you can reach out to me. So definitely willing to have a chat, talk about what the company is, is working on and if the visions align and you feel that you can contribute to our journey, uh, we'd definitely love to have a chat. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so mm-hmm. LinkedIn, WhatsApp, WeChat, anything, uh, any any platforms? Yes. Yeah, cool, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, thank you. That's the uh, end of the episode. Uh, Anthony, okay. thank you for your time. Thank you for precious time. Uh, to really book this slot with you, have have this time with you. Thank you for your time, Anthony. Thanks, thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. I think uh, I love this program, and uh, hopefully you'll be bringing a lot of you know information and insights out from everyone, and you know maybe you can write a book after that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's a good idea. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you, Eric.